Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson. Hello and welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast. Captain Arnie Arredondo from Southport Charter Service in Kenosha, Wisconsin, joins the show for episode number 174. Topics discussed include dock culture in Kenosha, working with other captains, and finding fish when the bite gets tough. Captain Gerard Urbanozo is co-hosting this episode. Uh, what's that uh, marina life like down there? I know it's a ton of boats down there. It's a really popular port. Uh, tell us what it's like to, to be down there. Kenosha is actually pretty good. It's uh, more. I, we always make a joke. It's like a campground. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody kind of hangs out a lot. It's. Uh, I would say very. I, Say for the most part, very friendly. Mm-hmm. Everybody talks. We're separated a little bit. There's three docks, but everybody's pretty vocal, you know, on the radio and stuff, helping each other out. I would say we're, you know, as far as ports that get along, I'd say we're one of the ones that really get, most everybody gets along good. So yeah. it's nice to be able to, to say that in a port. Yeah, so it's one of those kind of, uh, we're all buddies, we're all gonna work together. But I, I think growing that business as as kind of a charter community is important. You know, if, if people come over there and they're not catching fish, or people come over there and they hear you guys barking at each other on the radio, that's not a good experience for a charter customer. So tell us about kind of how you guys work together to make it so that when the customers come over, they have, they have a good time. Well, one of the things, you know, I, I, a lot of a, a lot of it is the the attitude not there's really no secret the the secret is if you want to be the lone ranger you'll be the lone ranger you'll be by yourself and uh, that's kind of one of the things that's nice is that we all kind of when it's tough we all scatter and when we know there's fish in the thing we all work together so we're not on top of each other and trying to work you know work the school or the group or the area the best we can um I, you know i i think a lot of the lake is you know that part of the lake has changed a lot. I think people are much more open, you know, nowadays than it was in the beginning. In the beginning, no one talked about anything, and uh, and I, you know, it's probably more like you know, from Inland Lake bass fishing. You know, there's a spot. There's always one bass, and mm-hmm. if you think you have the secret spot out here, you're you're definitely lost. The secret spot moves every five minutes, so <laughs> it's kind of a joke when somebody's trying to keep a secret. It's yeah. like, oh. Really, it didn't last long. And then when you get found out that you're keeping secrets, that doesn't work good for you. But it, you know what? It, I think it says a lot about the 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 whole industry, or not the industry, but the uh, the mentality of the sport fishermen nowadays. You know, it's not a uh, it's not a uh, I'm against you as much as it is. It's a pretty big collaborative effort all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, the internet obviously changed a lot of that. You know, like we're talking about fishing and and uh, you know, I think it's the whole mentality has changed. It makes it better for everybody. You know, the worst thing, you know, for me, I want to see guys that come, you know, when the launch ramp is full, I want to, it's nice to hear everybody's catching fish and everybody had a good time. And but that keeps our sport growing. More interest, better for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, eventuality, that's what, that's what keeps people coming is the good fishing and good information and the freedom, you know, that you, you'll get with the people that share it. So I think that's that's a big, big part of it. I think I don't know that Kenosha is unique in that way alone. Though I think a lot of that, like I said, the culture of sport fishing on on the big waters has become that. So. Yeah, I agree with you. It's something you know, 
a lot of the work I do is also in the ice fishing world. And, and ice fishing is similar to what you were talking about earlier. Is if somebody finds that bounty of jumbo perch or something somewhere, like it's pretty hush-hush. And, and you don't want people putting pictures of that on the internet. That's, that's not a good thing for you. And you're going to get, you're probably going to get blasted on the forum if you put that up there. Yeah. But, you know, with the salmon fishery being a, a fishery where these, these fish are turning over every three or four years, um, and, and those currents, those massive currents, are pushing fish around and everything's kind of moving around. And like I say, the, the fish that you're fishing right now, if you go out tomorrow, those fish are going to be somewhere else in a month. Right. So things are always changing. I think that's that's part of it too, is that, um, you know, we've got fish that are, are their life cycle is pretty short. And those those hot spots, like you say, are, are always changing, and that's got to be a challenge fishing out of the port that you're fishing out of, with all of the structure that you have there. Tell us a little bit about kind of how you make your morning decisions on where you're going to go. Well, like okay, right now the morning decision is made pretty much on water temperature. You know, I'm looking at the surface temperature, and you know, here in the recent days we've had a big change. We had a really strong north wind. Um, and Tuesday, like so Tuesday before uh, the wind, it was flat, calm Monday and Tuesday, and the water was actually starting to creep up in temperature quite a bit. And you could see that, you know, that little bit of the surface was getting warmed by the sun because we didn't have any wind. And it was getting, uh, you know, over the course of five hours uh, or six hours, it, w it went up almost four degrees, you know, in, in, in a large area. Well, that water doesn't disappear, it goes somewhere. It's never, it doesn't really cool down again. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and you know, so my my first thing is I'm always watching water temperature right now to start, uh, and where we start seeing it drop. Even though it's all cold enough for them, you know, there there's definitely going to be they're going to be on a break. We're going to have a break set up somewhere right now. That and the bait, wherever the bait, uh, you know, where we start seeing a lot of bait. You know, we, we here in the Kenosha area, we've had bait inside. And in, in big schools, you know, ALIs are coming in to spawn. But uh, once you get out deeper, we're not seeing the big schools, but all the fish have ALIs in them. So, you know, they're there. Uh, but like right now, the biggest thing I'm going to do is look at water temperature to start the day. You know, once summer comes, that's the advantage of being out a lot. You know where you've been, where you're going to go as far as what you did yesterday, yesterday evening, yesterday morning. You know, I always talk about uh, first thing in the morning, a lot of times everybody, you know, they think, oh, I got to get out in the dark to just get the bite. A lot of times getting out in the dark is where I do most of my learning for the day because that bait's going to be, you know, it's going to be off the bottom. You're going to see that it's there. So later in the day, you have that confidence to say, hey, I'm going back to 150 feet of water or I'm going, you know, I saw it in 100. Mm -hmm. It didn't leave probably, it went very far, it went down. Mm -hmm. And that's going to give you that confidence to stay there. You know, a lot of it though, because you're out a lot, they, you know, you know where they were yesterday, you know what they were doing, you know, it, it's funny, a lot of people think kings only bite first thing in the morning. Well, they, first time in the morning is a great time to catch kings. But about 10 o'clock, they're hungry again. 10 to 10 to 1 is a great time to catch kings. High sun, you know, that, that they've sat there, they had their food, they went and sat around, you know, or, or loafed, I guess you would call it, and then they, they're getting hungry again. So it, it's the advantage of, uh, I don't know if I want to call it experience, because you could learn so much in five days straight about what's going on for the sixth day. So yeah, that that's not how I approach it. So how does a guy that's a, a weekend angler 
you know, it's going to go out and, and come out maybe Friday after work, maybe fish Saturday and Sunday. How do they kind of put that puzzle together with the time that they have on the water? I, I would say nowadays the easiest thing you do is pick up your phone, call the Michigan angler. Mm -hmm. Hey, Rob, what's been going on? Hey, Michael, what's been going on? Hey, the guy's been catching them here, you know, here. Um, and a lot of it is, you know, you could follow the trend now with the internet so well. And if you're going to go on Friday or you should really start looking Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday for the information. Um, that'd be the easiest thing. You know, in Kenosha, in the Kenosha area, once we hit summer, you know, the obvious place is one of our, our main drop-offs. is about four miles offshore, drop from 50 to 90 and about a quarter of a mile. And that keeps going down from there. That'd be an obvious. You know, once we have warm water, when I say warm, you know, it's in the 60s, you know, uh, all the way down, you know, to 50 or 60 feet down, then that's going to be a definite place to take a look to start. And, uh, and you know, and then start working from there. Yeah. A lot of people like to see where the boats are and run to the boats. That, that sometimes doesn't really pan out that well. A lot of times more boats in an area means they all drew each other to themselves. You know, it, it's mm -hmm. more of a, and especially with salmon, you know, they, they don't like pressure. Being alone has a lot to do with, a lot to do with your catch sometimes. Yeah, and that, that's something when, when you and I talked last time, we talked about fishing in that deep water and then that blue water area where you're, you're kind of getting away from people. What are some advantages to doing that, to, to getting out there and getting away from the crowd? I mean, obviously, you know, you're you're going somewhere where it's, the pressure isn't there, but you're also kind of, you know, exploring exploring new areas that maybe maybe you should or shouldn't be. So how do you, how do you target those spots? Well, the biggest thing, you know, now it comes down to some electronics. You know, paying attention to what you see. And uh, the one kind of unique thing is, when you're, if you're going through, you know, I always like to say clean water, you're the first one through it. You don't need a lot of marks to get them. You know, if they're, if they're a little active, they're gonna, they're gonna take a look. But if four, five, six, 10, 15 boats have kind of been through there and you see fish, a lot of times you can see they're, they're a little bit negative. When you're, that's the one thing that, that is nice about exploring a lot of times, is that if you're going through water that has not been fished and you're seeing fish, or, they're trendy, you know, okay, they've been at 50, 60, now we can start you know, putting more more emphasis in, you know, where, what level we're seeing them at. A lot of times you don't need a lot of them because the ones that you go by, you're the only one there, you know, and, and it's, it's I don't, how would you say, like a more natural or a pure presentation than that, that crowd, you know, sometimes that crowd mentality. People love to fish around other boats, so I don't, I don't understand that, but it, uh, I mean, I'm not, not to say that when they're all piled into an area where there's structure or something that you might want to take a look, you know, there's something going on, so. Yeah. Jerry, do you have anything for Artie? Yeah, so um, being up in Kenosha, I've, you know, years back, me and Rob were on a kayak, we're fishing, you know, right outside of Pikes Creek, and we were into Kings. Like, what, what sets that up where during the summer the Kings go shallow? Well, the biggest thing is temperature. You know, the, the one thing nowadays, the one that, that probably hurts at the most is the clarity of the water. So if you can get, um, if, well, especially if we get a lot of rain and that river's flowing good and there's a little bit of, you know, it's clouded the water up. Like when you always say it looks a little silvery, it's got that tinge to it. Mm -hmm. That, you know, and that, that temperature's cool, there's gonna be kings there. You know, it's, at the end of the year, that's our natural instinct. They're, they're going home. They know where home is. So uh, that, that, that's probably the biggest thing is that when those fish have staged for a little while, 
we get the right conditions, they make that move. You know, people always think that fish get lost. They don't get lost. They know where they're going. Their instinct is much, much too strong. So when do you start using uh, so uh, the J plugs for those staging fish in Kenosha? Kenosha, the, the, typically the only time we really use J plugs heavy is when we're on the beach. You know, okay. we call the beach inside of 15 feet of water. So that area you guys can fish with the kayaks mm -hmm. and, and uh, that around the river. Or, you know, in Kenosha, we have the pike. Racine as a river, you know, Racine's river flows much heavier. Mm -hmm. So that's typically a, 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 it sets up sooner a lot of times. And there's a little higher volume of fish. You know, the bigger the river system, uh, you know, the Milwaukee River, another one that it's a big river, but not a lot of water. You know, they they seem to set up there much sooner. Very good. Just, just tell us kind of, how that how that fishery sets up throughout the year. I mean, I know it's it's a big call uh, deal early in the year, and then it kind of progresses. And, and you know, we, we just talked about Al. Al was just down here, and he was telling us about you know the mixed bag that he's fishing. There's just always different stuff. You know, you can go out and get Lakers if, if the Kings aren't around. Um, just tell us a little bit about kind of how the seasonalities work. In the well, in this area, the southern area, you know, we're catching that coal migration early, so. A lot of the times we're just set up for coal fishing. And if anybody was out in April in this area, they know that you couldn't have found a better time to coal fishing. You, there was no reason to look for anything else to coal. The bite was so good. Um, as, as the water starts to warm uh, and these fish move offshore, when I say offshore, we were fortunate that they were inside of 30 feet of water for a long period of time. Again, that water was a little bit cloudy, a little bit murky. And a lot of time you get that from the, the spring, you know, the, the a lot of the runoff and rain or and rain that we get. Um, then we start, you know, we start seeing more variety once this, we start moving offshore. Now the thing is, we get stuck, and I say we, the charter industry, get stuck on these schools of coals sometimes. Mm -hmm. And if they're that good, you really aren't messing with too much else. There could be kings there, but kings like the king baits, not coal baits all the time. Right. You know, when people are talking about, I caught seven kings on red dodgers or orange dodgers and peanut flies, well, there's probably a lot more kings there. If you'd have been running king baits, you'd have probably done a heck of a lot better on them. Um, you know, and then as we're like, we're coming into June, that's, like, like Al probably said, that's one of the times we, we see our biggest mixed bag. We, there's still plenty of coals, but the good thing is we're typically offshore with other species, with steelhead, with kings, with lake trout. Um, you know, the only one we really don't see a lot of is brown trout, although early in April there were a lot of browns around. Um, you know, and, and, and as we lose, start losing the coals, they're, they're kind of dispersing to the north and out to the east, then that's when we start targeting you know the other fish in the water column you know that's when we'll see a lot more kings and lake trout it's not that they're not there sometimes it's sort of i don't think we're targeting them as as heavily mm -hmm. you know it's, you want to be successful sometimes that's all rated on a number you know five is good 15 is better you know right. so that it's always it's kind of the the best game in town we get we'll get stuck on a little bit and when you when you go to that kind of multi-species spread you're trying to cover the water column. What does that look like for you? On oh, the back of your boat? What it looks like now is kind of a mess. Uh, it's funny we were talking about this with the wire with wire divers. I'm actually lately I've been running a wire diver on the outside and a mono on the inside. That would be my the mono diver would be a shallow one, obviously targeting coals. 
the wires I actually have king baits on, but they've been catching cold, but that they have been grabbing some kings. And that would be my wire on the outside and my motto on the inside. And on the other side, I have a wire on the outside and a power pro on the inside. I don't know why, it's just kind of the way I've been fishing it. And it seems like uh, that low diver, the one that's closer to the boat, even though it's down, it seems like that one, that one, that one really wants to get hot or like start picking fish up and I can, I can start moving my, my booms around, my side riggers down, kind of moving to work with that, work a little bit with that diver. When my outside diver on the other side's working, I can't really match it as well. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, you know, like, you know, it's, it's that whole thing about the dynamic, the way your spread looks under the water, you know, and, and drawing the fish to you, you know, getting the fish, getting them interested, and then trying to figure out which one they're gonna hit. Yeah, a lot of times with that diver like that on like one and a half setting, and it's on wire and it's a big diver, it's pretty close to that, that side rigger. And, and I think a lot of times, or, or even your shoot, but it's like that, not, it's not so passive aggressive, it's an aggressive fish came up, looked and see it, grabbed the next one there as, it, as the boat was moving away from it. Whereas the other one's kind of picking them off, I think, as they're coming to the spread. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and like I said, we're still trying to add those goals in. We're still trying to catch steel at the same time. So that's why we got this variety. You know, you couldn't, from, the, from deep to shallow, it's gotta look so, like randomly erratic, but I think you know that's kind of what I'm going after uh, for the variety, you know. And lately, the my my center rigger, my shoot, it's been my deepest. Like, but it is a lot of times, and that one seemed to going both ways. It's picking off some lake trout and some kings. Um, when that one starts getting active, a lot of times I'll dump that my one of my wires down further and further and further because they're coming to look at it. So. Excellent. That's how I adjusted. I yeah. started adjusting then. Well, Captain Arnie, appreciate you coming on. Uh, appreciate you making the trip and hanging out here yeah. tonight with us. Uh, Thank you. Thank Captain you. Arnie does a, a ton of seminars too, so if you want to learn from him, uh, you're all over the place, especially in the preseason. But uh, somebody wants to go fishing with you, how do they reach you? Uh, easiest thing, look up Southport Charter Service, Kenosha, Wisconsin, and I'll sure I'll pop up. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.